Hi, everybody. Hello. So, Russ and I thought, since we have done a series where we talked about the Final Fantasy series as a whole, Dragon Quest deserved nothing less. Of course not. So, we want to do a brief overview of all of the Dragon Quest games. Uh, this will probably break down into three or four multiple videos, uh, like the Final Fantasy one did, because there's a lot of ground to cover. There really is. There's, um, yeah. I will say right up front, uh, there are a few I haven't played. I still haven't played three, but I'll be playing it before we review it. I'm not sure in what order you'll hear this. Maybe you'll hear this after we've already reviewed Dragon Quest three, uh, which seems likely, actually. So, it's very bizarre that you haven't played Dragon Quest three. I think. Well, it's one of the best. Once we started Home on the RNG, I kind of moderate. Like, I don't play ahead that much. Sure. You know, yeah. and I know Dragon Quest Three is coming up, so I'll just wait until we get there. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I also haven't played Dragon Quest Nine, And I never beat Dragon Quest Six, which we'll talk about when we get to it. So you haven't played the really good ones. <laughs> no, that's not fair. Most of the Dragon Quest games are really good. So... So, let's start at the very beginning. It's the very best it's place the to start. It's the very best place to start. Uh, so, we'll start with Dragon Quest One, Also known as Dragon Warrior One. Sure. Uh, in North America, because my understanding is that is because there was already some property, a board game or something, named Dragon Quest. There, yeah, there was some kind of trademark issue that was later resolved in yeah. the U.S. Yeah. Uh, I actually got Dragon Quest One, Dragon Warrior One for the NES for subscribing to Nintendo Power. Really? They gave you they gave you a game for subscribing to Nintendo yeah, Power. Yeah, there was a window there where if you subscribe to Nintendo Power, they gave you Dragon Warrior One. Oh, that's weird. Apparently I I don't know if like the sales for that game were real bad and they wanted to promote <laughs> it or what. But yeah, subscribe to Nintendo Power, got Dragon Warrior One, never beat it. Until we reviewed it for Home on the oh, RNG. Yeah, well, that's a weird that's a weird game for Nintendo Power to just give out. I feel RPGs aren't for everybody. Well, and this was early on where mm. RPGs hadn't necessarily found their foothold in America. Right. Yeah. So I, I can think, imagine. I think they were trying to promote it. Because okay. I can imagine kids being like, "Oh my God, Nintendo is giving me a free game," and then it's Dragon Warrior, and they're like, "What is this? This isn't." Shooty McShooterson 3, Bloodstorm. <laughs> Dragon Quest 1 is one of the grindiest games oh, I've definitely. ever encountered. I mean, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of the, the, uh, the hallmarks of RPGs today. There's really only one boss. There's kind of two bosses. Sort of two bosses, yeah. yeah. And I guess there's... Uh, there's an optional maybe third. Yeah, there's like required fights that you have, but then they just become regular enemies later on. But to be fair, Final Fantasy 1 did that too. It's weird play It's weird thinking about it, playing it now um, when bosses are like such a big deal. And the grinding is really mm. unbalanced because like... Yeah. When when you're a lot stronger than the enemies, they will start to run away from you. So what you do is you grind, you grind, you grind, and now all of the enemies are running away from you before you can right. attack them. So you're like, okay, I'm ready. So you, 
And villagers warn you, when you cross a bridge, that's when monsters get stronger. So you cross a bridge and get one hit killed by a monster on the other right. side. So now I, I can barely grind where I am because the monsters run away from me. Yeah. But I can't begin to scratch the monsters on the other side of this bridge. Right. That's what this game is. Yeah. It is, it is poorly balanced. Again, a weird game to get out <laughs> for subscribing to Nintendo Power. Uh, but it does contain a lot of... One of the things I really love about the Dragon Quest series as a whole is that they don't feel a need to reinvent themselves constantly. True. They improve on what works, and they keep what worked before. Final Fantasy reached a yeah. point where... I, I, I feel like it was with Seven. Starting with Seven, after every game, they just wipe the slate clean and start from nothing. That's absolutely true, yes. Where Dragon Quest continues to tweak. Right. So, even though this is the first Dragon Quest, you can still... It's still Dragon Quest. You, you can could, see all the elements. A time traveler from the 1980s could be shown Dragon Quest XI, and it's just a way-enhanced version of yeah. Dragon Quest One. It has a lot of the same monsters. Yeah. They're still around. That slime, that trademark slime. It has some of the same music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would recognize it immediately. Not so with Final Fantasy. Yeah, no, because the Final Fantasy, like I said, they could just... you imagine? Could you imagine time traveling? From the 1980s. From Final Fantasy 1 to Final to Fantasy 15. And you get shown Final Fantasy 15. And you're like, what? What happened? <laughs> For me, this idea was driven home when we were playing Dragon Quest Eleven, And we're going to get back to talking about Dragon Quest One real quick. I just want to do this one caveat yeah. about the series. Um, at a certain point, I think around 4, Dragon Quest introduced this function of auto-heal your team. Which is very useful. Well, what it does is you select, you go through the menus and you select auto heal, and it uses the minimum possible amount of healing magic to bring all of your party up to full health. It does all the math for you. You pay the minimum MP cost that you could possibly pay. It's a really neat feature. Yeah. When I'm playing Dragon Quest XI, it's still there. You dig through the menus. Oh, uh, options, party options, heal right. whole party. But they also put in, actually just bring up the menu and hit circle and it'll just do it. Both options are still there. In case, you know, hey, I've played all of these Dragon Quest games, this is how I've always right. done it. Well, you still can. If you have the muscle memory. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That really speaks to me of the experience Dragon Quest as a whole offers the player. We are here to give you what you expect and to improve on it. But never take it away. Right. So anyway, so Dragon Quest One, you only ever see one enemy at a time. You do, and you only have one character. Uh, yes, the descendant of the great hero Erdrich, mm -hmm. and you go and defeat the Dragon Lord. It's a very straightforward plot, very much so. Yeah, uh, and the game does a real good job at pointing you, like, okay, right. next you go there. You can see the final castle, the Dragon Lord's castle. Right across the river from the very starting town. Which yeah. is kind of... Which neat. is, uh, yeah, I always thought that was an interesting thing. Because you're like, if I just had a boat, <laughs> then I could just go do this right now. But there are no boats in Dragon But there Quest. are no boats, yes. Boats don't exist. Instead, you have to get a magical gem that creates a rainbow you can walk across. Yeah. Because boats don't exist. 
So, um, yeah, very straightforward game. Very grindy. Very um, just moving the grindiest. From, moving from one town to the next. When just... we played it for the review, I actually used a cheat code to increase the amount of XP I would get from battles. Mm -hmm. It quadrupled the amount of XP, and it was still the one of the grindiest yeah. experiences I've ever had. Now there are remakes, and perhaps the remakes smooth that out a bit. They do. The remakes, yeah, everything just happens faster. You can play it. I mean, you can play it on your phone now. <clears throat> and it's gotten so many, and it itself has gotten so many remakes. The version on the phone is, like, based on a Super NES version, which is based on, you can get it on the Switch for, like, a dollar. <laughs> I mean, you can play that for, you can play, like, the first three Dragon Quests pretty much anywhere now. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was a good foundation. Yeah. For RPGs. And interestingly, too, the version that we got in North America was actually enhanced from the Japanese version. Have you ever seen the Japanese version? I haven't. Of Dragon Quest? So, the characters, all the characters only face forward all the time. So is your... <laughs> yeah. Okay. None of your character, none of the villagers, anybody, like all the sprites. They, they just shuffle back they and forth shuffle while back facing and forth. forward. They just do the little walking animation and they shuffle back and forth. Yeah. All the sprites were redone for the North American version. Including the sprite of you carrying the princess? Yes, yeah. Everything was redone. Which struck me as a really nice touch, actually, oh, that in was a really NES nice game. Touch. Yeah. Like, you rescue her, and it actually changes your hero sprite to you carrying her. And you don't ever actually have to go put her down. <laughs> you, you can actually complete all the way to the, to the Dragon Lord's castle without actually putting the princess down. Well, there you go, guys. Now yeah. you have a new way to play the game. Absolutely. The yeah. Carry the Princess Challenge. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. It's interesting. So, then we get to Dragon Quest Two, Yes. Which is a very different experience. It is a very different experience. Uh, again, the fundamentals are still there. Some of the musical scores are the same. Some of the enemies are the same. And unlike any Final Fantasy, except for... Well, okay. Unlike most of the Final Fantasies, it's a direct sequel. It is, yes. You're playing as the like great-grandchildren of the hero and the princess from the first game, who went on to... Their kids went on and built three different kingdoms, and then you're playing as like their grandkids or their great-grandkids, who are the princes and princess of the other kingdoms that were founded by the legendary hero's children. I was going to try and subtly, while you were talking, pull up... Because each of the Dragon Quests has a really nice uh, subtitle, and I can't remember them all. Oh yeah, I don't did the I don't remember if those first ones had subtitles. They, they probably they, they have gone back and given subtitles them subtitles afterwards. Okay. So go ahead and talk about Dragon Quest Two, and I'll pull them up. And then so yeah, Dragon Quest Two. You actually have three playable characters now. It starts it starts introducing things that are more common in modern RPGs. So you have three playable characters, two princes and a princess. Um, there are actually boats. Uh, you get to travel around an um, entire world instead of just a series of continents that are linked together. Um, one of my favorite things about it, because it's a direct sequel, is you, you start out on a continent like far away from the, the places that you were in the first game. 
but then you actually get to go back to all of the places from the first game and the music. Yeah, that's that, that was one of the fu most yeah. fun things for me is the second you actually step out, that you you end up the um, music changes. Okay, so the first one never got a new subtitle, but the second one is Luminaries of the Legendary Line. Okay, I mean that makes sense. Yeah, I like the alliteration that they do in those. Yes, in those uh, subtitles. Uh, so yeah, it, you actually had a party, um, and I, I can't remember now. You told me something about how the way the names are generated. Well, the name that you name your main character, and then the names for the other prince and the princess that you recruit are generated randomly. I thought they were generated based on. Well, they are. They're. I mean, they're generate. You can manipulate it. They're generated based on like characters that you use to name your main character. So there's like so there's like a complicated guide to like what you need to do to get specific names for the other prince and the other princess. So the one problem I really had with Dragon Quest 2, um, because it wasn't a great experience for me, is how unfocused it was. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's kind of notorious for being the, the most, not confusing, but it doesn't... <coughs> Undirected. It doesn't tell you what to do at any point, especially if you're just coming off the first game and you know that all you're supposed to do is go from one town to the next across a bridge. You're just supposed to cross bridges in the first game. In the second game, you have this whole world to explore and you have a boat, but it's not really... Boats exist! Telling you, it's not really telling you where to go or what to do. You have to collect those six crests. You have to just randomly but, search the yes, world and you yeah. don't know necessarily what you're looking for or where you're looking for it. And it's easy to get to places that are way too like enemies are way too difficult for you to already be there because you're just wandering around the world and I'm sure that is appealing to a certain type of player I'm sure there are people oh, who like sure. that level of freedom I prefer if the game at least gives me a nudge in the right direction right. There, there's no nudges no there's just here's the world go yeah Dragon Quest games, especially on the NES and Super NES, are, like, very notorious. Once you get a boat for just kind of opening up the world for you and letting you explore, but the games after this one became much better about, like, talking to townspeople, and they would give you a hint on where you're supposed to go next. This one didn't really have a lot of that. So... Are you ready to carry the weight of Dragon Quest Three: The Seeds of Salvation? I am, yes. Uh, so I'll, I'll do what little I know about it, and then it's going to be all you, because I haven't played <laughs> sure. it. Uh, so Dragon Quest Three is a prequel to Dragon Quests One and Two. It sure is. The main character is Erdrick, and like we mentioned earlier, your character in One is famous for being a descendant of Erdrick, which means that in two, since they're your descendants, they're also descendants of Erdrick. Right, exactly. Uh, by the way, if you're ever in Austin and want to check out the band Descendants of Erdrick, I do recommend it. They are spectacular. I will take your word for it. No, they really are. It's a real band. They're really good. Cool. No, I know. I, I know it's a real band. Never never seen them. No, they're, they're, they're real good. Anyway, go ahead and tell us about Dragon Quest Three. So Dragon Quest Three is Seeds of Salvation. Seeds of Salvation is uh, is 
uh, considered one of the best. So in three, you have your you have your Erdrick hero, who you can actually name anything. <gasps> Erdrick actually ends up being kind of a title uh, more than a name. But anyway, your other characters you get to create for yourself. So anyone who loves character creation, um, D and D, that sort of stuff, you have a list of several different classes um, that you can choose from, and then you pick male or female heroes from each of those classes. You name them. They have randomly generated stats. Um, so there's some re-rolling that you can do if you don't like the stats of your initial character. Um, and it's very cool. It's very cool to build your own party. And then you can you can dismiss the party members if you don't like them, and you can go make new people. Uh, there's even one specific quest where you have to have a merchant. Like, one of the classes is merchant, which probably not a lot of people start out creating, but you have to actually create a merchant and build that merchant up to level 20. So good to know. I guess <laughs> my starting plat party will have a right. merchant in it. So it's very, it's very interesting. You have merchant, you have your your uh, regular warrior, and you have a mage, and you have a priest, uh, which was called a pilgrim in the NES version. Of course, uh, because we cannot reference religion in any way, shape, Except or form. Except in Breath of Fire two, for some reason. Um, well, by then I think I've just to... started playing it, and God gets name checked a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they had started slacking those rules by then. But anyway, you have your priest, you have your mage, you have your warrior, you have your merchant, you have your um, thief. Is not in the original one. Thief, <coughs> thief is a class that was added in later versions of the game. Um, and then you have your jester, or they called them goofoffs in the original uh, NES version. <clears throat> and they are, I won't spoil it for you, but they're secretly the best class. Okay, so when I start my party, I want <laughs> a fighter, a merchant, and a goof-off. Yes. Perfect. Okay. Oh, and fighter. There's warrior and fighter. Fighter oh. Fighter is like um, is like martial artist, like fisticuffs. Okay, so and then, fighter, goof-off, yeah, and merchant. Yeah, fighter, goof-off, and merchant is secretly kind of the best party to start out with. How many party members do you get? You get three. Okay. You can create three, so that's perfect. Um, and yeah, it was just really fun. And then there's a secret class. I won't spoil that either. But there's a secret class that you can only get later in the game. Uh, and there's only one what you can't, you, under ordinary circumstances, you can only get one. But there is a way that you can get, I'm just giving you all these little like teasers and teasers. So secretly, there's a way that you can actually get a full party of the secret class. And I'll let you figure that out for yourself. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it's, so for someone like me who really enjoys class systems and job systems, which I do too, it's very, it's a very, very good game. Yeah. So one, two, and three do form a cohesive story. Like right. we said, two is a sequel to one. One is three is a prequel to one. And that's the big fun, the big fun reveal. And I actually remember playing it as a kid. I was a little older. I was more like a teen when I actually played three. So I really appreciated it because I didn't know that one was like real or that three was related to one and two. So the point where you get to the locations from the first game like blew my mind. Like that was a mind blowing moment when they're like, oh, you think you've defeated the big villain. Well, now there's this other bigger villain that you have to fight, which is a big dragon quest. Dragon quest does that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but when they did that there's like there's this bigger villain you have to fight and you have to go to this other place to do it and then when I got to that other place and it's like the islands or whatever from the original game it blew my mind it was so so good and I think that's why this game is so fondly remembered too because it was like such a WTF moment I had a similar experience with another game series I know that's off track but and we'll talk about it later again uh, but like I played Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy a mm, lot because yeah. I used to go on long trips and so any Game Boy game I had I played a lot yeah. Then when Secret of Mana came out and I got it, I was excited to play Secret of Mana. I don't remember why, but I wanted to play it. And then as the opening like crawl happened, I went, "Oh my god, this is a sequel to Final Fantasy Adventure." Oh my god! So yeah. I, I know what you're talking. It's a good. About. It's a good. Yeah, it's a good WTF moment. But uh, after this, after Dragon Quest three, none of the Dragon Quests are related to each other anymore. That is categorically untrue but okay except for <laughs> 11 that is categorically untrue well i <laughs> apparently we're gonna debate some we'll, stuff we'll talk about it uh yeah apparently we're gonna have to talk about how four five and six aren't really related they are related they're the heaven and hell trilogy they're thematically related they're not direct story sequel related we'll we'll talk about it my God. Categorically untrue. Why? Why do I do these reviews with you? <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, so that's your initial trilogy. Um, next time we'll, go, we'll talk about four, five, and six. Uh, we'll see you guys then. Yeah. Thank you for listening.